From the Omaha Bugle Global News Headquarters, this is the Global News Network with Senior Correspondent Jeff Weaver and Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer. Mr. Weaver, we find ourselves again at the news desk of the Global News Network of the Omaha Bugle. And today I've got to tell you that I'm experiencing some cranial pressure for something that I've just read and seen. And I'd like to discuss this with you, hopefully openly, <laughs> notoriously. I just saw an article, I read the article, and it says that Seattle schools are proposing to teach math that is not racist. Well, that's interesting. I was not aware that two plus two equals four is racist. Mm -hmm. Well, let me stop you right there for a second. Now, my recollection is you have a degree in economics, I believe? Yes, it was bought and paid for in cash. I see. And you have some other expertise, for example, I remember in probability and statistics and things like that. Somewhat. Somewhat. I'm certainly familiar with the field. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I do have a fairly good idea as to the basic principles underlying those fields. Mm -hmm. So it's fair to assume that in the 60-odd years that you've been occupying the planet, you've been acquainted with the aforementioned racist product. Um, I can't even say that without giggling. I'm sorry. The, the bigotry of mathematics, that the product we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know my history. I mean, I've been in the real estate and construction business for 40 years now. And in fact, I was just reading something about, you know, what they call the Pythagorean theorem, A squared, B squared equals C squared, right angle of triangle, blah, 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 blah. And I remember learning that when I was probably about 12, when we were laying out foundation. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, to the best of my recollection, I, and maybe I'm mistaken, but I didn't think numbers differentiated based on race, religion, sex, national origin, familial status, whatever have you. I mean, I still assume that when you add two numbers together, you get a product and it doesn't matter where or how you add them. Well, I think, Adam, you are correct. That typically, there is only one answer because that is the nature of mathematics. It's not a social science. It's not something where you have shades of gray or gradients of opinion or whatever as you might with sociology or psychology or something. But mathematics is precise, and its practitioners, they sort of view themselves as working in the highest level of abstraction. They view it as the mechanism whereby you're able to quantify relationships in nature. Physicists mm -hmm. use it to explain relativity theory, to describe space and time in a mathematical form. So it enjoys this sort of exalted position amongst the sciences because only its strength is that it has to be self-consistent. I mean, you got to start with certain axioms, certain assumptions, and anybody who's ever waded through one of those algebra textbooks or, or uh, <laughs> geometry textbooks, or at least the way they used to be. Now, I don't know if God knows what they're putting in them these days, but when I came up, you would just be immersed in these mind-numbing theorems to establish various principles that would underlie geometry or, as you mm -hmm. were saying, the construction of a triangle or a right angle or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to start with certain premises. you got to have a bedrock, and then you build from there. And so, in a sense, it has to, at some fundamental level, 
be arbitrary. Yeah, because otherwise you never get anywhere. You're just in quicksand. So, oh, yeah. So I have read a number of articles about the allegedly racist nature of mathematics, and I have not yet seen anybody articulate anything that would call into question mathematics itself. What I've seen more often are these articles which feature mathematicians who may come from a non-white background who supposedly have faced some issues with their other colleagues in terms of how they're accepted and how their work is reviewed and so forth. But Mm -hmm. big jump to go from things like that where there may be some issues there between colleagues which, you know, that could be for any number of reasons. But to just say math is racist because certain people perceive that certain mathematicians don't like them or respect their work, the two don't really connect. Well, let me stop you right there for a second. And you know how I like to think of myself as the ultimate reductionist. How on God's green earth does somebody alleging or thinking or holding first off let's just say this let's get it out of the way i do not espouse support or in any way condone racism okay but i do support espouse and condone your right to hold an opinion yeah that's part of the constitutional guarantees of this country you can say or pretty much do anything you want to the extent that it's guaranteed by our constitution how does and i i just don't get this how does somebody questioning somebody's ability, which is essentially a sociological issue, all of a sudden leap the boundaries to become a racist issue in the classroom. And the next logical question I have is they're thinking about changing the curriculum to be more, I guess, more equitable. How do you make, and this is the question, how do you make one plus one more equitable? Well, as with a lot of the wrecking ball that's going on in other areas, I mean, uh, mathematics is being attacked for being patriarchal, a bastion of white privilege. And no doubt part of that is this rather simple-minded assumption that, hey, look at all the white mathematicians there were that did most of the advances in mathematics. Although there, you know, there are other cultures that have contributed to mathematics. <laughs> but basically, you know, the Arabs contributed algebra and had other contributions from other parts of the world. But like it or not, the bulk of it has come from a largely European mathematicians. And if you look at any history book of mathematicians that feature, you know, the most prominent ones, you're going to find they lived in Germany and France and England and places like that. And that's just the way it is. A lot of people don't like that. And so it seems that, well, even if those are the people that created something, well, it's a white supremacist because they all happen to be white. And it doesn't really make any any sense at all. It just seems to be another symptom of people who, for whatever reason, are trying to knock down standards because I think, unfortunately, a lot of them believe that the poor performing students, which tend to be you know, frankly, non-white students, non-Asian, non-white students can't do it. You know, it's a very condescending attitude that yes, to lose to me, standards. Yes, to me, Jeff, that almost seems to be racist in and of itself. If oh, you're going to racist. suggest that somebody cannot rise to a level of, how would you put it, mathematical academia, 
or a certain level of success because of their background. I think that basically just, I mean, completely kind of stands the whole thing on its head. So what you're saying is that people of color are not adequately and suitably equipped to do math. So we have to change it so that it's more reflective of their inability to do it? Well, it's simply a number of people just don't like the facts that are present here and so they throw out things they don't say they can't point to anything saying that the mathematics that's been created is fundamentally wrong that would be pretty hard you'd have to be a pretty good mathematician to overturn several centuries of mathematical work by the best and brightest but what a lot of these uh, quote math teachers are being asked to do by the usual cast of characters you know california or these states that really seem to be in a race to the bottom, pretty much everything. But they want them to get it more into a social science. In other words, you know, I've seen a number of critics. They say, why don't they just teach math instead of worrying about people's feeling and watering the standards down? You know, a lot of schools out there have been pressured to get rid of their advanced classes. They want to eliminate the so-called tracking where you, you know, follow the higher performing students, put them in gifted classes. And of course, those tend to be disproportionately white and I can get very to a certain degree, and so that, of course, becomes, quote, racist. So it's always, the, the orientation is always equality of outcomes, because if it's not equality of outcomes, regardless, then it must be racist. That's the if-then connection here. Oh, okay. White, you know, if white students perform better than black students in mathematics, which, you know, frankly, has been the case, and you can provide any number of reasons why there might be a difference, socioeconomic issues, uh, family structures, whatever, but it doesn't legitimize an attack on the subject matter. And let's face it, if you can't be trained in this, in this area, how is that helping you long term? You know, I, I was seeing some statistics where they were saying like 80% of middle schoolers, and I don't remember this particular ethnic group, but you know, couldn't do basic math. May have been Hispanic in that case, but in a particular state. And it's just, the answer is not to keep watering it down and just making it just so dumbed down that anybody can do it. Right. You know, the well, answer is... Yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me interject if I may. Here's a thought. How about if students are performing poorly in math, it's a function of how they're being taught math and not a function of the subject itself. And, you know, I got curious. As soon as I saw that, I thought, you know what, I got to go do a little sniffing around. And one of the things that I came across, and this is kind of interesting, was, now this, you got to understand, this is a movie now, but it's based on the real-life experiences of three women of color that worked for NASA. Mm -hmm. And it's called Hidden Figures, I believe it is. And they essentially were mathematicians in, I think the one woman solved the problem of the heat shield on the space capsule. One was in charge of what they called analytic geometry. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if that's the case, you know, how on God's green earth, if math was racist, how did these women excel to such a point? I mean, these women, in my opinion, based on what they did, were geniuses. Mm -hmm. How did they, you know, and, and understand they're not our generation, they're a previous generation where if, you know, everybody got caught the same curriculum, there's no differentiation. Here you go. This is math. This is what you learn. This is how it worked, you know? How did they exceed or succeed to that level if, in fact, math was racist? Well, you know, Adam, I think maybe part of this gets back to the whole idea that we've discussed before is, is our society as a whole just getting so undisciplined and so lackadaisical about focus, 
Duddy, etc. You know, when those guys came up, when the engineers at NASA came through in the 60s and everything, you know, I think I think they were using, what, slide rulers and everything to do the calculations. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. the slide rule. I thought that thing was the coolest thing on the planet. And fortunately, it got displaced by the, shall we say, slightly more efficient calculator. But, I mean, I have a feeling that there was a lot in a given day, a given study day, that a person back then coming through the 50s or 60s, I mean, you know, people like to goof around and everything. But it seems to me to have been more of an emphasis on the math, the sciences, and everything, studying and so forth, than perhaps we have now, where schools have gotten a little bit more anarchic in certain respects. This whole idea of equality of outcome as opposed to, you know, outcome based on, respective talent, efforts, whatever, you know, came to four. And, well, uh, I think I think that poses a huge problem, Jeff, and, and I'll tell you why. And I believe you and I have had this conversation before. If everything now becomes this meritocracy or anti-meritocracy, where we have this race to the bottom to be, you know, all-inclusive, one, where does it stop? And I think to your point, when we were talking earlier, you said, okay, well, great. I don't want somebody who couldn't pass mathematics, you know, basic mathematics, to do like the load calculations on anything that you're involved in. You know, and where does that put us? If, if we don't have anybody that's trained and skilled in that, as a society, where do we go? Well, unfortunately, some people think the answer is to just seek immigrants who know math. That's not really a great solution because they come from other countries. The other countries presumably want to have a certain amount of talent and mathematics to build their bridges. And you're right. You know, if I think, you know, it kind of gets back to the thing that education in general is valued in this country like it maybe used to be. Certainly in the secondary level, you know, the schools are, mm-hmm. you know, teachers are made to look like buffoons in popular culture, the movies and so forth. Mm-hmm. There's not that much respect. Now, the other thing that kind of is a little annoying is this idea that you almost have to entertain the students. Yeah, you're there at school. Like, why do you have to entertain them? They're not there to be entertained. And you look at these kids who might be in a poorer country, but they just, they're just they so happy to go to school because otherwise they're just in the fields or whatever. And they're far more motivated to study, and they probably get a much bigger bang for their dollar in, mm-hmm. in those types of countries than we do when we're trying to have educational Disneyland, you know, to keep our... Uh, keep our uh, students entertained and you know long enough so they might actually learn something you know what and unfortunately and i think you and i agree on 99.9 percent of everything i simply do not see that as a good process one i read an article not too long ago that said according to i want to say the journal the american medical association that they project that we are going to have a shortfall of physicians in this country over the next 20 years Somewhere along the lines of about 250,000, because our students don't want to go to school for math and science and you know, biology. And we had that little article where the guy lost his job because he was making the biology test difficult. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm the like, nerd. Yeah, how dare you make biology something you actually have to learn? And again, I, you know, we come back to, okay, well, if you're not growing these people at home, the only alternative is you're going to have to import them in some form or fashion. And the next thing we have is the hue and cry about all these people coming over and taking American jobs. Well, if you're not going to go to school and learn to do the job, what other choice is there? What other alternative is there to that? Yeah, where are you going to get doctors if you don't? Yeah, if you don't go to school, you don't learn right. biology. You don't learn, you know. I mean, think about this. How would you like to have somebody getting ready to give you an injection that can't 
simply calculate your weight, you know, for the, the appropriate dosage of medicine. Does that sound like a bad thing to you? Well, I'm just thinking of somebody who doesn't even understand uh, volumes and measurements and everything. Oh. And, uh, you know, so they're giving you five times the dose of a particular medicine, and maybe you don't do so well with five times the dose. But, you know, it all gets back to the thing. You can't really look overseas for, I mean, there's, what, 330 million people in this country. It's absolutely absurd that we do not have the ability to generate enough doctors and so forth. That being said, I don't know that the number of seats in the medical schools has increased appreciably in the last, I don't know, Adam, 30, 40 years. So it may be that the problem always is that there's just not enough medical school openings available to, you know, account for the increasing population. I, you know what, I, Jeff, I don't know the answer to that, and that might be something, you know, worth looking into. But the mere fact that, I'll tell you what, I have an actual personal experience. As you're, you're aware, a little while ago, I was in the hospital, and I was actually on life support. And they had intubated me and they kept having problems because apparently in my unconscious state, I kept trying to remove or chew off the tube. And Rhonda says to the nurse, she goes, you do understand how much he weighs, don't you? And she explained to the nurse how much I weigh. And she goes, well, that explains it. We're not giving him nearly a high enough dose. And I'm like, okay. Now, if you can't count or you can't add, you can't do any of that, first-hand experience. There's a problem there, and I think that's just horrible. The other thing that I pick up on this, Jeff, is I think that, and I again, I went and did a little sniffing around, and I looked at the ladies from you know the Hidden Figures, and the other one that struck me was Neil deGrasse Tyson, or Neil Tyson deGrasse. Well, he's the man of color, and I don't think we could have a compelling argument that he doesn't know math as an astrophysicist. I would be surprised that he could become an astrophysicist if he did not know math. I don't know how you would do that. Yeah, I was going to say, how did he do it? Well, I assume he knows theoretically, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, theoretically, he was educated under the same system that we're now talking about being racist. Right. How did he pull that well, off? Yeah, it's not to say you don't have other non-white mathematicians. Certainly you do. But to your point, the mathematics that we have hasn't really changed much. I mean, the calculus has been around for since the time of Newton and Leibniz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, geometry's been around. Well, technically, Euclid, you know, set out the basic ideas of geometry a couple of thousand years ago. And algebra, oh. as we've mentioned before, the Arabs came up with hundreds of years ago, and so on and so forth. So it's like, it's not like there's a new math in terms of the major fields really change. You know, of course, you and I are not, we're not the types who frolic in these little, those really esoteric areas that only a few mathematicians in the world understand. But, you know, things changed about the bulk of mathematics. You know, arithmetic still the same. Sometimes you hear them using different terminology, like the elementary schools for certain operations, but it's basically the same thing that it's always been. So I remember a few years ago, Carmen came home and told me about something called 10 sticks. 10 sticks. I'm like, what the hell is a 10 stick? I looked at this and I'm like, this is what passed for math now? So what I... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go no, ahead. Go ahead and finish. Well, I was just, no, I so no, what I what I did was I decided to teach her. Do you remember? Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. The order of operations uh, for algebra. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, okay. So I sat down and I went over it, and I actually I actually had the temerity to go over a math homework. <laughs> found out that after seeing, like, she had all these check marks, I said, what's that mean? She goes, oh, it means I got it right. So I looked at the math problems, and I started going through her algebra problems and found out that she not only didn't get any of them right, but they were all, I mean, completely wrong. It turns out that you get a check mark if you attempted the problem, not if you solved the problem. Oh, no, 
I see. Look, what, what kind of math is that? Well, wait, you know, I was going to say is I remember with kids in the elementary school, and I guess it occurred in mobile vacation, there was, a, they had something called regrouping. That was the term that they were using. I'm thinking, oh, great, you know, some academics decided to relabel stuff and complicate it. I think it was uh, related to multiplication operations. I also remember, you know, helping them with their homework at different times, and there would be directions saying you need to follow this particular way to solve the problem. And so, you know, I'd help them with it. And I remember one time we worked through a problem, and then the teacher sent back the corrected homework later on and said, well, you got the answer, but tell your father he did the mathematics wrong. Getting the answer. <laughs> you got the correct answer, but you got the process wrong. Well, I think they had some other way to do it, and I wasn't really cognizant of what the other way was, so I just kind of had to do it an old-fashioned way. And so, anyways, I was going to say, isn't isn't the premise of solving an arithmetic problem to arrive at the correct answer? Used to be. Used okay, to be. so so I'm not completely ass out on that one. It's still the it's still the same yeah, think, thing. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's still correct. Well, it's been modified because now that is the case unless it hurts somebody's feelings or sensibilities. Ah, okay. I see. Yeah, it's oh, much yeah. more inclusive now. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Well, you know, I, I I'm just thinking about when I was going through algebra class, which incidentally, fascinatingly enough, I absolutely stunk at. I hated algebra. It never you know what I mean, it's almost like you have that disconnect. Well, at least I did. I couldn't quite get it. You know, I, I was okay. But I wasn't great. Now, on the other hand, give me some geometry, man. Because your spatial relationships and all that stuff made absolute perfect. Well, yeah, that's why I had kind of a similar experience. I I detested algebra because it just seemed to me it was all these theorems that, you know, who really cared about theorem A and leading theorem B and axiom 1, 2, 3, and so on and so forth. And just get to the point of the problem. Whereas, like you said, geometry is kind of interesting. You know, you're dealing with points, lines, spaces planes, whatever, and you can sort of relate to that. And I think, not to get into the whole who's better at math or spatial relations, but I think maybe in part that was due to, you know, males supposedly have a little bit of edge in spatial perception. I don't know if that's from watching women wander by or what, but in any event... um, I, got, I, I, can, I can significantly debate that one because I had a young lady who I was acquainted with in high school and junior high school. She happened to be on the chess team as well. And she was, I, I want to say, she's about as close to an eidetic as you could possibly get without actually being one. And I still to this day resent the fact that I could never beat her at chess. No, no. I mean, she kicked my butt. Well, yeah. There are a lot of very good female chess players. I've been wiped up on the floor by a couple of them myself. So, That's when a diminutive young lady just terrorizes you. But, you know, another thing that comes to me out of this, Jeff, is I think the whole notion of, or the whole assertion that mathematics is in itself racist, I think it's almost denigrating to the people of color. It's almost like saying, well, you know what? Mathematics is racist. You can't learn mathematics. So we're going to teach you something that you can learn. And I, I mean, I remember, like, for example, one year I had to take, and that's how I met Mary, the chess prodigy, I had to take some extra classes so that I was assured, ready for this, of not going to summer school. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Nobody wanted yeah. to go to summer school. Oh, my God. That was, that. I'll tell you what, that scared the heck out of me. I don't know if it did you or you were ever threatened oh, yeah. with it, but it's oh, like, yeah. you get this right or you get to go to summer school. Are you kidding me? I'm going to study my backside off. <laughs> 
I'm not going to summer school. And I eked out enough of a grade that I didn't have to go. Now, does that mean, this is another question, does that mean that I, as an escaped Pennsylvania Dutch person, have been discriminated against because everybody knows that Amishmen are not particularly adept at mathematics. I, I, I kind of wonder about that because having seen the craftsmanship inherent in a lot of the things that the Amish build, I would have thought they would have had to have a very acute sense of measurement, angles, etc. Is that Would that not be the case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, theoretically, if we follow this logic or this argument, this next logical conclusion, because I grew up in that environment, well, obviously, then mathematics is skewed towards people that aren't Amish. (laughs) So so where where does this ridiculousness stop? I think it's racist. I think it basically kind of says, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, we understand the cultural sensitivities. You're just not good enough to do the math. So we're going to dumb it down for everybody. And then to your point, let's talk about the structural load calculations being made by somebody who doesn't know mathematics, physics, geometry. Right. Or they missed that lecture that day and then the bridge collapses on you. So, well... Hey, listen, you know as well as I do, even under the best of circumstances, when they have a full team, as you'll recall, like the Mars rover that they plowed into Mars because somebody miscalculated, instead of using meters, they used feet, and they flew, they flew like a a $5 billion piece of equipment right into the surface of Mars. And that's under the best. What's that? What have they got promoted for that one? Ah, well, and and again, you know, that was under the best of circumstances. That was the best and brightest that NASA had, and they plowed the spacecraft right into the surface. They know map, but as you point out, they made a very basic mistake, which I guess anybody could make. But, you know, we're also not saying that, that these guys are infallible, and that's a pretty stupid thing that happened there. But you and I, the concern more is you have these socially virtuous people who perceive themselves that way, at least, who just want everybody to feel good about themselves. God forbid that they actually, you know, get an education in areas such as the math and the sciences, which is where a lot of the jobs are going to be, a lot of the better paying jobs. Well, you know, that's something I've been talking about. I'm sure you and I have spoken about it, too, about, you know, this everybody wants to be the latest and greatest phenomenon on video games or apps, TikTok or whatever, whatever it may be. And while there may be a lot of things going on in those particular venues, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, like when I was a young man, my aspiration was to become a rock star. And then I learned that there are very few people who actually make it to becoming a rock star. And the vast majority of us don't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a winnowing out process that's pretty severe in the rock star business. Oh, I got winnowed. (laughs) Well, plus you got to either be able to sing, play an instrument, or possibly even both. And Well, singing, I don't know, technically you have to sing, sing, but you have to do something that audiences like, right? Exactly. Well, I'm I'm thinking I'm not about to wear a meat suit, so uh, that leaves... That leaves me out. But more to the point, though, I mean, if we're making this race to the bottom, and I think this is where the whole, yeah, the whole common core and all that stuff just, I mean, it flies in the face of what is needed. Because, like you and I have talked about many times, it, it, it appears to be a race to the bottom. We're, we're now going from what used to be a meritocracy to <laughs> an idiocracy. <laughs> We're the word for the day, prevails. idiocracy. Yeah, where, where stupidity prevails. And I just, I don't know, maybe I'm being silly, but I don't see that as an appropriate or even correct direction for our country in general. I mean, how and when does that stop? 
Well, and you know what? I would think that the people who would be... Well, first of all, let me backtrack. You know, parents across the board, doesn't matter what ethnic group you're in, they are concerned about their children's education. And, of course, the parents that live in any cities that have been so, shall we say, mismanaged by, well, the Democrats. Let's might as well throw it out there on the table over the last 40, 50 years. By and large, they all favor school choice. And because so many of their kids have been locked into these public schools where the level of instructions just horrible and you know, the safety is of a big concern and so forth and I would think are going to be some of your most vocal proponents for tightening standards the problem of course is going to be if you've had a pretty subpar educational experience so far it's going to be pretty tough to get you on kind of the fast track where you're hitting you know algebra and geometry and calculus and trigonometry and so forth it may be almost impossible for most people who've kind of gone through an elementary middle school experience in the inner city to get aboard the train and actually you know, become proficient in those areas. I, I don't know. Some people will manage it. I suspect most are just going to find it too difficult because they just don't have the basic skills you know, due to the um, education or lack thereof that they've received. Well, so you know, I just think that, you know, I was going to say, I, I saw an article recently that talked about the ever-increasing number of students who graduate high school who cannot get into college because they don't have the requisite grades and background. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And they have to spend a year or two in a community college or whatever, bringing that educational level up. And my recollection, at least when I was a kid, was that was pretty much the goal. You know, you tried to study to get into college. And I can think, yeah, there were, you know, there were certainly people who were not going to go to college. You just knew they weren't going to go. And they had no interest. And I am not in any way, shape, or form denigrating what they did or their decisions. But now we're talking about a system where you have to have remedial education for people who presumptively were supposed to have been you know, graduated with the requisite educational level to get into a higher education program. And that's not even the case anymore. Well, unfortunately, Adam, I think it kind of gets back to whether it's math or anything else grammar or anything else. There just is a less of a valuing of education, in my opinion, at the high school level overall, among people as a whole, among the students themselves. I think a lot of them sort of don't take it as seriously as they should. Because it's sort of like, how do you learn? Well, you have to study. You know, there are a lot of schools and you're told there's no homework being given. It's sort of like, God, we were given homework every night on every one of the subjects that we were involved in. I remember, I remember one time they whacked me with so much homework, I just sat there and literally I was like, I was, I was probably fifth grade or something, maybe. And I'm like freaking out. How am I going to get this all done by tomorrow morning? I'm going to have to stay up till like three in the morning. Uh, yeah. And I was just going nuts. Certainly didn't help the situation any. But I had, and I recall, I had something in the form of homework for every single class that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and maybe part of it is because of the whole social consciousness and whatever that the teachers have been told. I mean, I'm familiar with elementary schools where they don't give homework out, third graders, fourth graders, whatever. And I seem to remember we got some kind of homework, even at that level. But I suspect that a lot of the teachers, if they may have been told not to do homework, that may be part of the whole thing. Or they may be, because of the nature of the class, the abilities of the students, or the perceived abilities of the students, it's just that let's pass them through and get them on to the next grade type thing. Well, and therein lies the problem we just discussed. 
We're going from, like I said, a meritocracy to an idiocracy. And you're passing people. And I think that, and this is my personal opinion, the No Child Left Behind is probably one of the worst things that has ever happened to the American educational system in the history of this country. Mm -hmm. Basically, what you're doing is you're just kicking the can down the road in hopes that something's going to happen. And what that hope is, or what that something is, I just can't fathom. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, yeah. where, does this, well, where they, does this stop? Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of jives in with, you know, such things as grade inflation, where you, know, you have twice the number, twice as high a percentage of students in a given class getting A's when we came through. And students who are unhappy, as you alluded to about the biology teacher getting fired, students are able to get a teacher fired because they make the test too hard or the curve is too extreme and not everybody's getting an A. And sort of like, you know what, education has become like a participation trophy. Uh -huh. It's just going to float through there. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> Participation trophy. You know what? If there is anything that I ever hated hearing about is awarding trophies to people because they participated. Right. I, I mean, listen. I played baseball. I played football. I wrestled. I you know, I did it all. You either won or you lost. You know, yeah, you know, you got your letterman jacket or whatever, and that was certainly a, a rite of passage and, you know, a mark of your capabilities that you could show off at dances and impress young ladies with. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, you still had to show up at practice. You still had to get ground into the mat. You still had to run the laps. You still had to participate. And if you didn't win, you didn't get anything. And I personally found that not winning, for lack of a better term, sucked. And, you know, it in Filled in me the desire to win and that's really and truly what I took away from that experience was you're either a winner or you're not that simple well it also made the trophies that were awarded far more meaningful than the six foot tall participation trophy that the six-year-old gets on the peewee soccer team mm -hmm. and you get this tiny little cup that was maybe six inches tall or whatever but it was like <laughs> such a cool thing you know you were so impressed because you earned it and that's kind of you find self-worth through doing things which, of course, is a patriarchal white supremacist approach, but it unfortunately is pretty accurate. You can't give people self-esteem. You know, it has to come from within because otherwise... Patriarchal? Oh, yes. Patriarchal? <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I may be sticking a syllable in or two, but... Uh, I no, you know. no, no, you're doing... Just, I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? I've seen a couple of things, you know, like on the internet that I got to laugh at. Like Carmen every now and again sends me these little TikTok videos. You know, when I was a kid, you know, we, we rode down a gravel driveway, you know, jumped over barrels, et cetera, et cetera. You know, wiped out, you know, skinned our knees, uh, knocked teeth out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's the way somebody should live, but, you know, it occurs to me that, you know, this, it's almost like everybody gets a trophy, everybody participates, blah, 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 blah. It defeats the whole point behind participation and self-development. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're talking about literally giving somebody a trophy because they showed up. Mm -hmm. Really? President Biden got a pretty good trophy for showing up. Well, I don't know that he showed up. I've watched him and made it out of the basement a couple of times. Yeah, the I've watched some of his uh, recent disreputable performances, and I don't know that he's still shown up. But that's another story. <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank God so, we and, solved the problem. Ah, uh, well, I, I don't know that we did, but you know what, Jeff? We've we've reached the top of the hour again. We got to call this one again. It's been my pleasure to join you at the Global News Network's news desk. 
here at the Omaha Bugle. And I once again thank you and thank our audience for listening to us. This is Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer for Jeff Weaver, Senior Correspondent, signing off. Good night. We'll see you in the next session.